And welcome into United 96 here on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Ted here, John here as always, bringing you the soccer all around DC. Right now, just DC Unite here on United 96, but we have other podcasts as well. I don't know if you guys have been listening, but we've had a great, great podcast that's dropped. The guys from Too Loud Adams have dropped uh, first, uh, next in line. You might get my first next in line. Yeah, first next in line. <laughs> Sorry, next in line on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Definitely worth uh, a show worth listening to. They're talking loud in DC United Academy. Um, it's it's great to have them aboard. They've I think released two the first two episodes, I believe. That's correct. Um, or so, one uh, second one. I don't. Yeah, so they've done two. You're right. I'm sorry. Yes. Correct, Ted. They've done two. You're right. <laughs> they've done two. Uh, so they've been they've been great. So definitely check them out. But we got United ninety six to talk about John. How you doing, man? How was your weekend? Have you thought off completely? Nope. From? Nope. I have not. <laughs> it's not been it's not been warm enough yet to finally shake the the ridiculous cold. The why do they even play in this weather cold? But how about you? Didn't you got you said you got your cold early in the day? Where were you yes. getting cold? Your cold. I was getting my cold earlier the day on a uh, on a soccer field at Henrico High School, uh, refereeing the Jefferson U nine U ten Jefferson Cup game, and uh, I I I have a new found respect for any referee that has to go out there, any player or referee that has to go out there and referee in the snow. Um, oh boy, was that was that miserable? First of all, sorry, they first it was wet, rainy, and cold. Good then start. it was windy and cold. Then it started snowing. Then the snow covered the fields. Uh, I, I I was about done. I was like, and then I, I my my folks came over. We went to see uh, uh, as part of my my mom's birthday. My dad got the whole family tickets to Lion King. Um, it's one of her favorite performances over at over in Richmond. So it was uh, I got to see them. That that was that was really fun to to see them here here in Richmond. But uh, that that was my wet, cold, and rainy. And I was I was dead tired. I dead tired falling asleep um and just ready for ready to just uh to 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 relax a little bit so um but you went to the game uh how how was it Do you were freezing oh yeah I'm sure oh so. i was it was horrible it was the worst I, I i spent not that long in california about two years and i have contended since then my blood has thinned out completely and i can no longer handle cold in any kind of way uh i this was born out at this game it was miserable I had two pairs of pants on, three shirts, a jacket, uh, a balaclava, a hat, a scarf, a thick <laughs> winter jacket, gloves, and I can tell you that I was very cold. The wind went right through everything. I needed another pair of pants. I bought a $60 blanket. It did not matter. It did not help. It was horrible. And I, I would say, I, so I thought, I also got there too early. I got there an hour before kickoff which was stupid. That's stupid in most conditions. It was extremely stupid in the Arctic tundra that I was in. And then I thought, all right, well, at least where my seats are located, there's a good chance that the wind will not be blowing in my face. Incorrect. The wind was blowing in my face the entire time, the whole time. Miserable. Uh, Trey and Karen, my seatmates, also miserable. But, you know, the game also was miserable. So it was a nice combination. It was a big, it was like a big sandwich of, of misery of misery. And before we move on to the actual game, I want to take a quick look at the RFK Refugees MLS Fantasy League. And I want to do that because of the people on this podcast right now, I am the highest in the in the standings. Uh the Green Sauce Gauchos are in third uh at two and zero, which is what DC United was before this last weekend. Uh it would be three and zero except for I messed up and didn't and didn't activate the league for League One. Uh, and then I believe Ted here is in uh, seventh place, DC Optimist Society. That's a good name. 
and then we have uh, producer Brian in eleventh. O O and two. So tough start for uh, the man working the ones and twos for the podcast. Uh, maybe he'll and, get better. And let me and let me be clear too. If you're in the fantasy league and you see a team called the fourteenth team, and you are behind that team, just know that that's pretty embarrassing because I literally just. I went to the lowest like valued players and just dropped a bunch of them on that roster. So you should beat that team. They've scored you three points that team. so far this season. <laughs> so. But some people, some people who have lost so far behind, I'm sure everybody will jump ahead of them eventually. You know, you'd hope you hope you would hope. But um, I, I've, I have to say I have, I've done a, I did a home, I've done a homebrew fantasy league and it was very time consuming. And I just, this year I was just like, I can't do it. You know, give my team away, give it to somebody else. Um, there are a lot of things I wanted to do with it. It was a it was a draft based fantasy league, and I just said I can't do it. So I've been, I've been I've been I went to this because this doesn't take a, this doesn't take I can sit down a week and you know I don't have to like scheme out a trade with somebody or figure out you know how I can make myself better or you know pay attention to all these different allocation or it's just literally just a draft literally just a um a uh, a a budget that you have. I've been really enjoying this though. I love the the changing budgets and how you can like grow the value of your team. Mm-hmm. I like took uh, Carlos Vela in the first round. I heard he was getting injured, and I sold him for like a million and a half dollar profit. So I consider that pretty good. That's good. And I'm business. able to strengthen my team outside. I'm playing the long game, John. I'm going to catch up to you. You might. I it's entirely you. possible. Brian, <laughs> I'm playing Brian next week. So Brian, uh, bring your A game. And then the following week, I am playing the 14th team. So I will be either <laughs> either four and zero or three and one in the next two weeks. That's what's going to happen. Let's talk about real soccer versus fantasy soccer now. Yes. Talk DC. I, if we have to, I believe we have to. I think that is the <laughs> rules. Uh, that is what we are. We are mandated to do. So on the back of a very frigid, cold night uh, at Audi field, DC United uh, failed to win, failed to draw, failed to score, lost two to nothing to Chicago fire. Uh, what were your overall takeaways, Ted, from from your warm from your warm environs on a couch? Hopefully, you know, drinking a beverage of your choice. My uh, my overall feelings were that last year is last year. Chicago, I, I I saw this game and I looked at the signings they had made, and I said, "This is not a bad team. Uh, this is not a great team. Not a great Chicago team. This is not a bad team." And if DC is not careful, they could find themselves maybe getting a disappointing draw or losing. Uh, I was not, I, I feel like I see, I've seen a lot of the, the, the takes from, 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 from a lot of DC fans and they're like, Oh, we lost to a bad Chicago team. This is not a bad, this is not an awful Chicago team. This is a Chicago team that is certainly rebuilding, but I mean, you signed Shakiri, You're not a bad team. That is an incredibly talented player. And I believe he picked up an assist in this game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, on the first goal. Uh, so I, I was fully expecting this to be a tough game and it was a tough game. And I think we are, we are starting to see the deficiencies of this current roster and they were on full display. Mm-hmm. And I think it starts with uh suspect number a, the front three suspect B, the front three suspect C, Ooh. the front three oh. suspect D, the front three, man, we've got disagreements. Let's go. Let's go. Let's talk about. Are you, are you, so you think any of the players in the front three had a good game? They no, were all no. awful. They're certainly problem number one, but problem number two is not as far behind as you're making it out to be. The problem number two lies uh, in the midfield. It lies. It lies in the depth. It lies in the fact that a second round pick so far has been our most effective player in midfield. Uh, and all the defensive steel that we hope to have, obviously Russell Knauss has been injured. 
but we are uh, we are in dire need of some other players in that space. But let's, we can talk front three first. We can talk we can talk this game in general I, first. I think the deficiencies are bigger in the front three right now. If I'm being perfectly honest here, I would rather this team. In my opinion, I, I don't I don't know what like I watched this game and I saw uh, Simone. Simone I, I saw Jafal show why this team went with him over Junior Marino. Um, I thought he was probably DC's best player out there by far. And I know it's a bad performance mm-hmm. in a bad game. He had a, a very high foot mob rating. He was passing. He was showing he was showing an ability that neither Russell Knauss and uh, Junior Marino ever had, which is I felt was to make quick moves on the dribble, create space for himself. He's not certainly not perfect, but I think he is far and away one of the better center midfielders I, I have seen uh, performances I've seen from, from a center midfielder in, in DC in, in, in at least a little bit. I am, I am, I am enticed by the idea of seeing him start next to Russell Knauss, who can play that destroyer, by the way, a little curious that Russell Knauss was not even, I don't think was he, he was not even on the bench. Nope. Was there any explanation given to that or there was not no, no impressing. I will say that I thought for the, as the game wore on, I thought Junior Julian Gressel had a much better game. Uh, was finally starting to connect on some of those crosses. Was able to put those crosses in dangerous positions. That was encouraging from this game. Uh, Brad Smith, I thought, still had moments. It was a little bit less. Overall, this team just got beat on two quick, two quick counterattacks where they were just kind of exposed, and that's what happens. And I think if the front three is more effective at being able to take some of that possession and convert on chances. I think this game goes much differently. I am actually less concerned about the center of midfield than I am about the front three right now, because it is not clicking. It is not generating the chances that they need. And I would be, if, if, if this team wants to go out and find a Jafal replacement or find somebody that can start over Jafal at this point, I think that's a little bit of a waste. And I would say, take more of that money and put it in. Not to say, I don't think they need to maybe a depth piece in that center midfield. But I think my concern is less on that center midfield right now than it is on the the how bad the front three have been this have been this this early in the season. I th- I think I'm going to be the resident Jafal brake pumper on this, and I think I've been that on the Discord. I think that he has had. Uh, I would say this is obviously his best performance. It's not even close compared to the other two the other two substitute performances. His first start. He's doing so in a a team that is not known for so far their offensive prowess. The, this performance did nothing to dissuade that perspective. They're still more. They're still a more defensively solid team. Their goals were weird. The first goal specifically was weird um, on the assist that you mentioned and the deflection by Brad Smith. The goal by Bornstein was on a ball that was a little bit more direct, uh, sort of over the over the defense, and it was a nice finish for a 37 year old man. Um, uh, but the mid, the midfield wasn't not tested this, this much, this game. I think that Toronto is going to, we're going to talk a little bit about Toronto later. That will not be the challenge that this team is looking for. I think the defensive midfield, the midfield will be exposed at the next in, in, in April with no changes with Atlanta, New York city, Austin, New England, Columbus, that is going to be a murderer's row. And with no depth, and a rookie being your best player to, to partner alongside Russell Knauss, your only proven track record veteran to play defensive midfield, to play a, mid, a strong midfield, that is a recipe for extreme trouble to me. Looking ahead, I, obviously. I, 
yeah, looking looking ahead, and again, I I do think this team does need to go out and make signings, and I think this is this is still an incomplete roster. And in my opinion, May fourth is is the the clock's ticking, and May fourth for me is that date. If this team does not do, does not bring in uh, taxi, bring in taxi early, does not go out and make a big time signing, whether that's in the center of midfield, if they think they want to go out and spend the DP spot in the center of midfield. Great. I would much rather them actually go look at right now, potentially looking to figure out a guy that can maybe uh, play above uh, um, Edison Flores. Yeah. Who, who again had a another just average. I mean, I, I think the biggest problem is that he, I, I don't, I can't pick out a moment, I guess, where I think Flores played terribly. It's just, it's very average. He had, he had one sort of deflected uh, chance, which I mean, at least he's putting that in there. His biggest problem, I think, and I've noticed this in this game especially, is he's just, he sort of receives the ball and he sort of takes too many touches. He doesn't look for that next pass. He's just trying to, he's trying to do too much. He gets caught up and by then whatever window he had is gone. And it happened a couple times in this game, I thought, where I thought if he makes an earlier pass or he makes a decision, a better decision, or when the when the chance is gone, you look around, you turn it around, look for another option maybe uh, that might be crashing from your from your teammates. Uh, but overall, I mean, the front three just has no chemistry. And I and I think what we're seeing here is we are seeing Losada cycle guys. He's cycling. He's trying to figure out something that might work, some sort of cohesion of a front three that might work at this point, because right now it just hasn't been there. And to me, that's the bigger concern. It's I, I am baffled. You do not see that as the biggest. Concern. It is, no, it is. It is number one. I'm saying number two is not seven miles away. It's number two. The defensive midfield against a different team. I I, I think it's further away. Right. I think it's further away. We are supposed I, to I, disagree. That makes a good podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it was a, it was a frustrating game. It was a stressful game. What it, I'm curious what you thought because actually I'd say about the first 10, 15 minutes I was prepared to say to sort of go in on um on Julian Gressel because right now he is supposed to be if you're talking about guys who performed last year. He's supposed to be one of the best players out there on the field. And I would say for the first two games, he he was not. He was very much not a factor in those games. This game, I I, I saw his service be a little bit better. Um, he wasn't, there was a lot of times his his free kicks and his crosses were kind of like not even beating the first defender. They looked a little bit more, they were at least dangerous. And I think he almost set up a Flores on, on one of his opportunities that maybe he should have done better with. What did you make of his performance? Are, are we seeing maybe him, him uh, maybe start to start to revert back to old form, and can that maybe paper over some of these uh, some of these current wounds right now? Certainly, his certainly a better performance out of him. This, the stats bear that out. Um, better accuracy on crossing. He looked better from from an eye perspective as well. The game seemed to be moving through Brad Smith more than him, at least in the first yeah. half, uh, which you know, for better or worse, that it, it clearly did not, it clearly did not result in goals, uh, unfortunately. And, and probably Brad Smith's worst, worst performance of, of so far of, of, of the season. I, I think that he, obviously as this team goes, as Gressel goes, goes this team, we don't have impact players really anywhere else on the roster. So he needs to be, he needs to be performing well. The challenge is, as you say, Flores did not put his stamp on the game anywhere again. He, he didn't, he, it's hard to draw a specific occasion where he, you know, fouled something up other than the, the shots are where things, you know, become a little bit more evident when a shot gets passed off or when he takes too long 
He almost had a ball that was deflected, almost knotted in by Ola Kamara in the first 15 minutes. That would have been yep. that would have been pretty great. Not intentional the way it worked out, but it, almost that way. I, I I am convinced though that this team, to your point about the about the front three being a big problem, Perez starting is not a good sign for offensive potency of this team. Uh, he has got his skill set. He certainly has his abilities. You need. In in a in a <laughs> in a Paul Ariolas world, you need to have threats to goal on the on the on the field, uh, particularly now. And he is not one of those. He scored one goal in like eighty appearances in MLS or sixty appearances in MLS. It's not his thing. It's fine. He does other things. Flores has not. It's not really has been his thing either. Kamara, it's only his thing. Gressel's in his sister. Skundrich is Drew. Uh, a lot of people have thoughts on Drew, by the way. Jafal Jafal is a young player that has some very er, potential, good signs, absolutely. It's just it's just a it's just a question of where the goals are going to come from with that front three. It's it's hard to see it coming. There has to be, you know, play play. I would say players have to make it hard for them to be rotated out by Aaron Lasada, but who necessarily would would fit in right there it just it seems more like a cupboard is bare versus something else situation like griffin yao could be a guy that goes in there but he doesn't have a track record nigel roberta nigel roberta no track record yet he's got to have he's got to stay on the field and be healthy and play he didn't look great i thought in his in his limited cameo here that's that's not and you can't judge him on that i'm 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 not i will wait till he gets his first start uh, at a certain point probably sooner than later just to, I, I would say I would say we will probably see him start in Perez's spot coming up next week, and I think I think I think right now what you're seeing Lasada do very clearly is rotate. He's rotating the front three. He's trying to figure out. I think we'll see Estrada back there back there as the starter come up next game. I think he's just trying to say, okay, Kamara's got two goals. You got to reward that. You got to give him a chance to start. He did not perform well, and I think then you see him rotated out. Perez, I think it's, you know, Yao didn't do any, did some th- good things, but not enough to really warrant um, a, warrant a, uh, a a signing um, and to warrant more time. And I think that's why you saw the the change out there. Um, and then there's Flores right now is the is the highest paid player. So he he gets the, he's got to he play benefit. Yeah, I think he's I think it's more of a necessity out of him that he has to play. Um, and I was I was really disappointed. I was hoping maybe we would see a trajectory upward for him. Um, and we didn't, and we have not seen it yet. And so. look at the bench right now for this game. So Estrada and Roberta are two of the three players that came in. In a at that time, it was two to nothing, I believe. No, it was still one nothing. In the one nothing game, Samake comes on for Brad Smith because Brad Smith was probably tired at that point. Other options on the bench were Griffin Yao, Adoy Achim, Pines, Alfaro, and Kempen. So if you were looking at Ernan to make more changes. You can know why he didn't, uh, and you can know why the depth on this team is uh, problematic. For same same as it always has been. I feel like we've said this a million times. When Ben was here, after Ben was gone, what ability do you have on the players of the bench to change the game the way it's situated? You have those two strikers, so that's what that's the, that's the card he played. Beyond that, I don't see it. Ted Cudi Pietro by the way, for Loudon, and that'll be addressed next in line, I assume. Looked great in 65 minutes, uh, assisted their only goal. I imagine if the season continues the way it's going and if the reinforcements that are needed, aside from taxi that we know is coming, are not brought in, 
you're going to see Cudi Pietro because he's a player that has the try something mindset and the aggression that some of the rest of the midfielder does not have or options off the bench don't have. So it's, I, I would like to see them make changes for a number of reasons. One of them, which is maybe not the highest reason is that it, it allows you to ascertain Hernan's actual ability and allows him to stop leaning on. I don't have the players for this as the reason why results are what they are. They're fine right now. Obviously we're, we're in a playoff spot. We've won two games. It was, we were the sneakiest worst to an O team in history, probably. Uh, and now we've got Toronto coming, which hopefully is a draw, but could be a win based on the way their, their season has gone so far. But I want to stop looking at this roster and giving Ernan like it's, it's an out, right? I don't want to, I don't want there to be an out, no excuses. Yeah. Give him the tools he needs to do his thing. And then see if he can do it and see what this team can be. And if it's not, you're just sort of playing out the string. You're wasting another year if you can't make by May 1. At least the roster be not, have the holes not be so glaring that anybody in the world can look at the roster and see, you know? I would, I would honestly, I would agree with that. I think it's a little, I'm not sure why Ted Cudipietro did not at least get, at least a substitute appearance, at least something. He's earned that at what he's done in Loudon. And I think it's it's a little bit baffling to me that he has been sort of loaned back. Now, I guess they can recall him if they want. But you're going out there, particularly in a game where you need attacking options. Also, pretty pretty telling that uh, even even though he had another attacking option in Griffin Yao, he decided not to make the sub in Griffin Yao. Maybe give him a run um, over, I think it took out Perez. And so maybe it was a situation you, you make those two choices. You keep Kamara in. Um, or maybe you look to shift Restrada up. I don't know, but it seemed to, it seemed a little bit confusing to me that he did not give Griffin Yao another chance out there to maybe go out there and make a difference. Um, this I'm not really sure what's going on in the locker room if he's trying to make it make it so obvious that there that there that there are holes when there is some there are some potential answers. I'm not saying it's a I'm not saying Tekudu Piedra is going to come in and play like a designated player. And certainly this team needs more talent, but I think it's curious to me that he has not been given a shot that they basically have shipped him back to Loudon. Um, basically, he's under a DC contract now, not a Loudon contract, but uh, that, that was that was a little curious to me. I'm not sure what the reasoning or what the thought process was behind that. It might be, as you say, it might be him saying, yeah, I could have him, but I want an actual MLS player. I would or an international quality player, and I don't want to fool around with this. I have enough projects. I don't want any more projects. <laughs> I think that could be that could be it. And also, it could just be that it was that weekend. A lot of people are in the chat are saying it's just for this weekend. Don't don't look too deep into it. We'll see. I I think that there's. I think that the needs of the the big club will always come first. And if Ernan thought that he should be there because there's a chance they could use him for three minutes, and he'd be an asset to the team, he wouldn't play for Loudon. They don't care. They will. They will. They will. Screw Loudon if it means one second of time for DC United. So just know that. Uh, so it's clearly he didn't think that it was a situation where DC United needed him, had to have him. So we'll see. Maybe he's either evaluated the player that way, or maybe there's a little bit of gamesmanship. I don't know who. I, I imagine. I don't know who makes that call internally. I don't know if that's a Lucy Rushton, uh, Dave Casper call, or, yeah, or if it's yeah. a, or not. 
Yeah, who knows? Honestly, I mean, that, that that is a curious thing. Who's the one who makes that call? We'd have to have a chance to ask those people to find out the answer to that, but that's may, that may not be the case, so we'll never really know. <laughs> we'll never really know the answer to that. Either way, the the situation is obvious to anyone watching it, obvious to anyone who's listening to Aaron Almasada talk anytime he's in front of a microphone. There are players that need to come in. There are players that need to come in now. They need to come out in the front three. There needs to be depth in the midfield, and there needs to be another back of goalie. That's, that's, that's what it is. If they don't do those three things... They didn't do everything they could do to put this team in a position to win. And that's what you that's what the fans can be mad about. It would be one thing if the fan it, it's so rare that the fans and the coach are on the same side for like roster construction. Usually the usually it's the fans that are like, I think we need another striker. I just think we do. And then and then the coach is like, I like the players we got. We're good. We'll make we'll make it work. Hernan's like, no, no, they're right. We should get more players. We need a lot more players. I need more talent. <laughs> that's not the way it normally goes and right now the i mean like i said the 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 roster is still open and there's still an opportunity for this team to sign it is going to become this is i have been i have been accused of holding the water for the team i have been accused of you know i have a friend of mine who is making fun of me said oh we're going to be here the next year and you're going to be talking about it. i'm like not this year this I'm giving this team till May 4th. This team has till May 4th when the window slams shut because it is very obvious. It should be very obvious this team needs help. This team needs help in, in, in several positions. And if that help doesn't come, uh, then th- there there is something going on that I'm not I am not sure what what what's happened. If it's lack of a second choice, the Joao Ro- Rojas rumors have completely died down. I think that I think we're going to go ahead and say that is officially dead. I haven't seen any new news after a flurry of news coming. Um, I think that's incredibly disappointing. Okay, what's plan B? You have you have your plan A's done. What's your plan B? Is it taxi coming now? Is that the new is that the new push? He seems to be the doing a lot of the pushing. I don't know if I don't know if it's gonna lead anywhere. Agent taxi is uh, make trying to make a move trying to make the move happen. We're, yeah. we're, tr- we're trying to get some intelligence on how that uh, on how that's being perceived in in his home country or in that country. Uh, we'll see if we, we we'll see if we can line that up this week, but yeah, we'll see, right? We're we're withholding judgment. We've only got the players, just like Aaron says, the players that we have are the players we have. We've got to do better. We've got to get results. Right. So, and, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna hit back a little bit on your on your Jafal comment. I think the most positive thing about Jafal is that you're seeing that improvement quickly, and that's usually the sign of a of a of a potentially good player when they are sort of thrown to the wolves. And they maybe like splash around a bit, but then they kind of figure it out and you see them grow very, very quickly. It happened. It happened with Paredes. Paredes was very much a guy who each game you saw him in there just got a little bit better, a little bit better. Yep. And that and that, and that's something we haven't seen from Moses Nyman. We haven't seen from Griffin Young. They basically played at pretty much if you show me if you show me their games other than if you figure out a way for me to to mask the sponsor on the jersey and you show me a game from this year and a game from last year. I probably wouldn't be able to tell whether there's been any improvement in the two. They are pretty much the exact same player. You see Jafal though over the past three games, he's gotten a lot better. I'm I am I am intrigued by him, and I think I think one thing the team did was make the right call in saying, we we know what we're going to get with Moreno. We like this Jafal guy. Let's see what he can bring. So um, I'm 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 intrigued by that. Uh, any other thoughts we want to get before maybe we close this game out? It was a it was a it was a tough game. I'm not as negative on the game as I guess you were. Maybe that comes from the fact that I already knew it was going to be bad. And then I was wondering, well, how bad? And then I was like, well, that wasn't so bad. There was some good, there were some, some good things to, to, to glean from that. So I think it was just that your bones were not 
crystallized and turned into yeah, that, ice ice cubes. That very well might be playing a role here. That might be. Playing I, I I'm sure that if I was in sweatpants <laughs> at home, that I would be like, "Hey, what are you gonna do?" <laughs> but the fact, <laughs> but the fact, but the fact that I was there and uh, I I felt like I wanted to die. I feel like maybe that has colored my view a little bit on it. That's a very good point. Uh, let's uh let's not before we get let's get into let's do let's do some of the questions uh, that we got on our on our Twitter page. Um. Nope. We got them right here. Oh, you got questions? What? Yeah, we got questions. Yes. I think those are I think those are about the spirit. Nope, we got we got some on United 96. You oh, great. It. Nope, I didn't. Hit yeah. me. <laughs> All right, so we got uh Miguel Cruz will start out um says with Flores just being a body on the pitch, what are your thoughts of starting Pines and moving the hard to midfield winger position? I mean, we did talk about the deficiencies of the front three. That's that's a way to solve it, but I think I, I do think you you miss you miss a lot of what Nahar can bring by moving him further up the field and what he can do. If you can find a, a three, at least a, if you can get something out of one of the three man combinations, we're probably one of the several ones we're about to see over the next few weeks. If you can find one that might just work and, and fit together and some guys start to pick it up, then I think, I think, I think it's worth keep, keep to keep trying that in this early in the season. And then if there really is no help coming, then maybe you do look at something like that. Yeah, I don't hate it. As ideas have come, that's not the worst I've heard. Um, I could, I could see Nahar over Perez in a in a, in a front three. You're right that I mean, I think the drop off from Pines to Nahar is dramatic, and I think it changes the way the team plays. So if you could actually clone Nahar and put him <laughs> in two places, then I think he got something cooking. That's that's maybe the better strategy. I I will say I will say I don't I, I want to keep. I think you still need. I still feel like we don't know. We have not seen much of Roberta. We have not. I mean, Ted Cudi Pietro. We have not seen play out there. We haven't seen. I, I think we're going to see. I'm hopeful we're going to see more of Estrada. I will say, second half he came in. He did look a little bit more energetic. He looked a little bit more willing to to press the ball. Now he was coming off the bench against tired players. It's going to maybe give you a different mindset. But I do think maybe that was kind of a message to from Hernan to Estrada. Hey, I have no problem benching you. I know you're here and, and and I know you're reading that we're trying to trade this other striker who's your who's your competitor right now. But right now, don't don't be you know, you don't put in good performances. I'm, I'm not afraid to bench you. So I think maybe that was message received, hopefully from him. I don't care if you scored two goals. Uh, you need to start performing. So I think he was like, you're from Ecuador, man. There's no way you've dealt with this cold before. <laughs> I'm going to sit you on this heater until maybe. 60th minute. 674th maybe. minute. That, that could also be true. Any other questions or was that it? Yeah, we got we got some more. Um, we got from James, James Lambert says, when does Hernan's constant lobbying for new players in the press cross into problem territory? I don't think it will. I think it, I, yeah. I think it's already kind of there. I think I think he's been told there is a phrase he's now used and I can't remember exactly what it is. He's used it now twice. It's like the last thing he says in the in press availability. It's sort of like. Basically, this these are the players that we have, so we've got to we've got to do better or whatever. Um, I don't think I don't think he'll ever get it make it get too bad. I think he was most aggressive in it a couple weeks ago, and he's been less so since then. So I, I know something's coming down the pipeline. So I mean, that be, might be that would be a that would be a good reason for him to have chilled out a little bit. If that's what it is. Yeah, I, and you know, I think he has to know that. I mean, maybe he's not. I mean, he's he's only so much that a person can can pay attention to in, in a day. So maybe he's just focused on the field. But I think he has to know that there are 
there are wheels turning. I, they have to be keeping him involved in conversations and keeping him a part of it. I can't imagine that they're not. Um, and maybe there's some other. And we again, we don't know a lot of the day to day of this. Uh, what you know, one thing I do. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's 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 wrap up some of these questions. Uh, <laughs> says Peter DC Knight Benson. Can any of you guys play midfield? We need bodies. Are we actually going to sign Tax Early or Rojas or a third DP or even a midfielder? We've kind of we've gone into a lot about what this team should do. Uh, Rojas, I'm going to go ahead and give it an early death. I think it's I think it's dead. Um, at this point, he keeps playing. Change. Yep, he keeps playing, which I I would read that. I wouldn't read much into that. He was subbed off apparently pretty early. 60th uh, in the game. Yeah, 60th minute, which is basically the second half. You're not doing well. I need to bring something else in. Could be he's maybe he's impacted. Maybe he's like, hey, I want to. I'm getting this opportunity to to increase my my you know to maybe make that jump to Europe. You, I need to go. So that could be also going on. But uh, ta- we know one player is definitely unhappy from what we've read, and that's uh, that's Taxi Ars- Taxi Arches Faltas. It's apparently uh, very, very, very much wants to go to DC right now. Um, I've seen some. I, I've seen some people pointing fingers at DC United for this. I don't think that's fair at this point. I would not be surprised if they have an offer out there. Let's say two million dollars. Two million dollars for a guy that was already going to walk for free. Who's already being visibly up? Who's already desperately wants to come? I think he. I think Faltus knows that. I think his agent knows that. And I think he's like, look, like you know, this is like we're already out of conference league. We're fighting for like a second. I think a second place spot. Salzburg has run away with the Austrian title. The Austrian title is is done and dusted. Salzburg's gonna win it. They're they're starting the the championship phase of the group. I think I think Rapid Vienna is seeing this as a. We need him because we need to maybe sure up one of those Champions League spots because it's very, very tight. It's like 30 points for Salzburg and then it's like everybody else. But I think Faltus is like, look, like you guys already have a replacement. I haven't played and you guys have done OK. I think it's time for me to 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 just sever this relationship and go. And I think he's using his his advantage that he's he's basically here for 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 uh, for half a year and he's gone. And I think he's he's very much like. He wants to go. I think DC's made an offer. And right now, Rapids, it's very, very – I'm not really sure what Rapid thinks they're going to gain out of this other than just upsetting a player. Um, it's the principle it, it, of the it, thing. They're, they Maybe they've decided to draw a line in the sand perhaps. I mean, you were you were looking at losing this guy for free, and then DC comes in and says, "Here, we'll give you some money to release him." Now we don't know how much that what is. What if it was $10? I mean, what, if, what, if what if it was uh, Ola Camaro? Yeah, maybe they're maybe they're just waiting for uh, Rapid to be get so upset they're just like, "Oh heck with it, just get out of here." Here's your terminate your contract. Get out of here. Um, but to the we'll for the, but to the rest of that person's question, are they signing a third DP this before May? No, I don't think they are. Uh, they might be. They may they may be moving in silence. Uh, but I don't know. And also, Ted, you don't want Ted and I in midfield. That's uh, that's the case. <laughs> no, nope. not not a not a good sign. Five I, five I, minutes I, up gonna, front. That's sort of like yeah. that's where we're at right now. I think <laughs> I'm not going to say that they are definitely not going to sign a designated player. I don't know what they're moving. Obviously, I think their first their first their first item is done. And I think saying saying those types of things without knowing is a little bit premature. Um, I, I've always played the game of we don't know what they're talking to. They might be working on something in the background. They might be working on something that's not going to become known for a bit. There might be something out there on the internet where they say an MLS team is interested in talking to this player and just nobody's picked it up because we're all just relying on Twitter and, and some other things. So um, a lot, a lot of things, a lot of things can move, can move and can happen quickly. We saw it happen 
literally last year. And I do think I, I think it is more likely that teams start to become more interested as you get towards the later parts of the year because tens teams tend to be more settled. Like if rap once rap if rapid ever secures the where the place they're at, they can't move up, they can't move down, or if they move down, it's not that big of a deal. They're still in the same spot. Then some teams become more interested in selling. And I think you if DC does make a move, I think it will be later a big move, I should say. It will be later uh, in the calendar when things start to kind of settle. And it's like you have a, a team out there that literally has nothing left to play for. They've already they're either going to be 10th or 11th in the league and that's their spot. And then they're like, well, let's see if we can, you know, maybe make a sale or try to sell some players. I still think that could happen. Um, I think that's it. That's going to do it for the questions. Thank you all so much for for submitting on the, on the Twitter. John, anything else we want to we want to drop about D.C. or I, I am hoping for I'm hoping for a return to winning ways. I don't think that's likely maybe this weekend on the road. Toronto winless on the on the year so far. I think D.C. is still searching for their offense. They've scored goals in two games, but none of them are cohesive offensive goals that you would be proud to put on a highlight reel of any kind. So we're still really searching. So I'm, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, it's funny <laughs> how a team can be two and one and I, and I have sort of a low hope, but this is, this is the last game for a while where you could hope for three points and not be delusional. Next month is going to be a gauntlet of, of severe punishment. I think. Just give me all I want to see is so I was like looking like what are their expected goals, and right now they have not broken two expected goals. I think the closest they came was actually against Cincinnati. They have a one point, uh, a one point nine eight expected goals, and a lot of that does come from the penalty kick, um, because that is that gives you like a point eight. So in reality, like from open play, their expected goals is not been great, and I want I that's the biggest thing I want to see change, um, is this team really start to put this team was 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 a stat was an expected goal monster yep. as far as that as far as that as far as last season went and they they were they were classified as a as a good team that was unlucky for large stretches of that season and i think that unluckiness played in the reason why they did not make the playoffs a couple of those other matches go their way i think i think you see you see a much different a much different result out of that season and right now we have not seen that juggernaut return it's been a lot slower than i anticipated i thought this team was going to hit the ground running and then maybe run into some run into some potholes as either the depth or the signings maybe weren't there so i just want to see a better game i mean we can maybe preview a little bit about toronto um we're going to do better about about trying to watch the games it's just been a bad a bad couple of weeks for for john and i just being busy and everything so we haven't had really an opportunity um, i have heard that people have said that uh toronto looked a lot better they looked a lot better in this game than they did in the first game where they got rocked. I have first or second game where they got rocked by uh, by New York Red Bulls. Uh, Bob Bradley is a good coach. It's not going to take him. It's not going to take him long to at least get this team to play. He's a very smart and intelligent coach. So I think it's going to be a much tougher game, just like the Chicago game. I think it's going to be a much tougher game um, for for DC. I think this is a team that's obviously in, in Toronto that's waiting for Insigne Insigne to come, um, and I think that's going to be their biggest their big signing. And right now they're just trying to figure out, okay, what are the pieces that we can, I, I got to wonder like who, who I want to see like who's playing, who's playing in that role right now that Insigne is, that you know Insigne is going to operate or is it a guy that maybe they're going to shift out? I, I don't know. 
But um, I they, like that's got to be like the worst job. It's like you know this team already has like broken a transfer record to bring a guy in or br- broken a I think a salary, uh, a salary budget level or whatever how much ever however much they're paying him because I think he's he's coming as a free agent. They have to know that there's a big there's a guy who's literally going to take your job in half a year. So imagine imagine being a Toronto fan and knowing that's coming. You could put up a lot, with a lot of garbage in the beginning part of the year knowing that player is coming. We're, yeah. We have taxi, which is nice, but it's not quite the same. <laughs> it's not quite the same level of like cope that we that we could have for bad performance earlier on in the year. We'll we'll see. We'll take what we can get. Be happy with it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, let's. It's going to be interesting, fun. In the, in the meantime, um, enjoy the Champions League. By the way, have you have you been watching that? I feel like we got to talk a little bit about that. I feel like we have to at least mention it. Oh, the fact that MLS teams. Well, I feel like we're, I feel like it's one of those things where you change an outcome by observing it, or at least mentioning, mentioning that you're observing it. Andrew Wiebe being the prime, prime (laughs) example of that. Uh, Yeah, man. MLS looks good. We're looking, looking pretty hot for right now. Uh, Mexican teams looking real basura right now. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes when it gets, you know, it, it always, it feels like there's an MLS team in the final or in the semifinals every year, very close, and then something calamitous happens every single time. And and Pablo made the point like, oh, it looks like people are saying that this is going to be MLS's year to like break the stranglehold or whatever. And he's like, they got to win like six years in a row before we can talk about that. Like the dominant the domination that Mexico has put on this, the stain will take a long time to get off for MLS to be like, hey man, we're <laughs> we're a part of this. We're ready to go play in the FIFA Club World Cup. We're ready to rock. Well, what I will say to this, and what I will always argue, is that the the gap has narrowed, and it it's been it's been significant. It used to be Mexican teams could walk into this tournament and absolutely steamroll MLS teams, and it wasn't even it wasn't even close. Yeah. Maybe there was the odd run here and there. We're seeing consistently. We are seeing more moments like uh like Seattle and Santos than we have in a in a long time. Um, I, I think there will still be an MLS team that is going to suffer a scare, like one of the ones that won. I think could be could be New York, uh, who's yeah, geez, New York, need, New York City FC needs a stadium, by the way. Goodness mm-hmm. gracious. This is just it, it is embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing to watch a team win a trophy. It's almost more embarrassing that they've won the trophy and then everything that's followed. The fact they've had to play games. They haven't been able to play CONCACAF games at their stadium. They unveiled a banner that was like that's basically the, could fit on my on my wall above my door. That's the real like embarrassing that. part. That was that was smaller than the blanket that I bought at the pro shop during the game because I was cold. It's, they have to figure. I, I I am I am almost sad and embarrassed for them. They need to figure something. They out. won the championship, I, I, like right? Like, well, I was hoping. Well, I was hoping the championship would galvanize something yeah. to to get. I would hope in like within the next like six months that oh we have a deal, it's coming. They need a stadium. It's like on the field is fine. They're a great team on the field. Hey, they just went out and won the championship. That's you know great first trophy for New York. Do you not think that Don Garber imagined this moment a little differently? When when the first New York team to win MLS Cup, don't you think he imagined this a little differently? He imagined more more pop and circumstance, more more. Uh, I think if you had told him that when he when he signed New York, you would have told him, "Oh, New York's going to win the championship in 2022." He would have said, "Great." He would have said, "Awesome." I bet like that's just going to be like a transformative moment yep. where there's going to be 15 million people, you know, 10 million people that are going to be super hot New York fans. Cosmos be darned. I've got my we've got a New York team that's like it's really it's, that's galvanizing the public and it hasn't happened. 
trophy. They're about the same. They probably about the same number of fans. And it's because their, their situation in their stadium is so embarrassing and the situation of, of where they have to play and how they have to move. And they don't, they don't have a home base is, is really embarrassing. And it's embarrassing for the league even. And it's the fact that we, they, they are the champion and they have to deal with this is it needs to change something. Go play at Red Bull arena. Honestly, at this point, that's a better solution right now. Rent out Red Bull Arena, turn it blue, use that. Honestly, it's a better it's a better situation than what they have right no now. No one will get on the path if they do that, based on what everyone says. So it'll still be empty stadium, but at least it'll be not a baseball stadium. Someone said someone said that the size of the banner is proportional to the size of the impact the New York teams have had in the MLS market. Yeah, <laughs> so, which is to say, and, small. And they're holding out for that for that New York City stadium. I'm just wondering how much longer they can hold out. I really wonder how much longer they can hold out. They, I think they want that New York City, that stadium in New York City. They want to bring that in. I'm sure we can have Mark Fishkin on and talk about how how, how much of a dumb idea that is. They'll hold and on forever, man. That's the good thing about them from the standpoint of their, them being a, a puppet team of a larger conglomerate. They paid their fee to get in. Their their costs are low. They're, they'll, they'll stay in this stupid situation forever. They'll still manage to turn profits. Based on sort of low, either low investment or, or you know, their deal with the Yankees. So it's it's a bummer for New York City fans. I don't care as much about Red Bull fans. And New York City fans decided after the fact, I want a team that's actually in the city to root for. Which is laudable. I understand that. Uh, but all to your points, like it's, it's embarrassing for the league. It's embarrassing for the fans to have to do the things that they're doing and play, play in the places they're playing. But maybe they'll win Champions League too. And then maybe they'll go play at the Club World Cup and people will be Googling, who is this NYCFC? Where do they play? <laughs> and then they'll be like, oh, that's like it, it, it. Hopefully it includes by 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 this time next year, if they do make it to the Club World Cup, it includes a, oh, we're going to be in a um, we're going to be in a soccer specific stadium in Queens somewhere um, by then. So hope so. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, enjoy the Champions League, guys. I think that's going to do it for this episode of United 96. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. Uh, remember, check out Next in Line Wednesday. We're also going to have Kindred uh, Spirits. We have an interview with Andy Sullivan that I think you guys are really going to love. Uh, we're also going to, if you're on the stream, you're going to talk some more spirit, I think, coming up. Nope. Um, we are oh, not. Nope. Oh, we there are is not. no spirit. There is no spirit live <laughs> show for the folks that are I, staying on. I am, I am mistaken. I am mistaken. You, All right, guys. Make sure you listen. If you're interested in Andy Sullivan, interested in Cherry Blossoms, uh, one way or the other, make sure you are subscribed to Kindred Spirits. It'll drop on your podcast feed on Thursday. Right. All right, guys. Thank you. That'll do it. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the games next week, and we will catch you guys next Monday. Vamos. Vamos.